As we begin our teaching today, it's a little bit different. It's Mother's Day, and I thought, I don't know a whole lot about being a mom, but I've been married to a great mom for nearly 39 years. Jill and I have two grown daughters, Lindsay and Heather. Uh, we're soon to have our fifth grandchild from them, and I thought it would be good that we just sit down and share with you some of the things that Jill has done to be a great, great mom and set the tone of our home. She's been excellent at that. So this is something we recorded a little bit earlier this week. Please take a look at it and be encouraged. So, um, hi and happy Mother's Day to all of you mothers. Um, wish we could be together and give you some nice gifts, but um, I guess we'll just give you the gift of Mark and Joe right now. Um, so about our family, we have, um, both of us came from very different backgrounds. Um, I was raised in Southern California and I moved up to Northern California after my parents retired and met Mark um, in a little town called um, Sonora, California, which was a pretty small town. I lived in an even smaller town up in the hills um, or the kind of the mountains called um, Twain Heart. Anyway, that's where we started dating. And um, anyway, uh, fast forward to um, about a year and a half after that, we got married and have been married for 38 years. We have two daughters who are um, in their mid-30s, and they're both married to just the best guys, and um, we welcomed them into our family 16 years ago, and I think 13 years ago, and have four grandchildren and another grandson on the way, so we will have four boys and one beautiful princess girl um, in the grandchildren line at this point, so that's where we are. Yeah, I hope you had a chance to uh, download the handout that goes with this, and you'll notice that today's notes are, are pretty slim. There's just four or five headings, and so feel free to take that as something is impressed upon you. Write it down, an idea, a thought. Um, allow the Holy Spirit to impress you with that, and, and that's what that's about. So I hope you'll take advantage of that this morning. Um, I have watched Jill develop as a, a, a mom, and so I'm going to start off with some questions about that. What were your dreams or desires about being a mom? Was that a goal in your life, or is it just something that kind of happened along the way? Well, I definitely um, had a desire to be a wife and a mom, and really thought that was my life ambition, actually. Um, didn't necessarily turn out that way, but I definitely wanted to be a mom at some point in my life. Um, for sure. Who were some of your early role models for a wife, mom? So of course, um, my own mom would have been a, a role model. Um, my mom's life was cut short. Um, when I was 19 years old, um, we were in a car accident together and I was driving the car and my mom was killed. So she was uh, 56 years old and um, that was even before I got married. Mark and I were dating at the time, but we lost her. So I really didn't have um, that influence moving into really adulthood, um, marriage. All I knew was what had been modeled before me and parenting, um, what was modeled for me as well. Um, that's not 100% great, that's, uh, <laughs> I'll admit to that. Um, but there was a, a lady, and that's actually what we called her. Um, once Mark and I got married, uh, our pastor's wife, 
um, really took me under her wing. My mom had died just one year before Mark and I got married. And uh, I was kind of lost as far as I had no idea how to be a wife or a mom. And um, she really kind of stepped in to the role of mentoring me and just kind of not necessarily sitting me down and saying, okay, well, here's how you're supposed to do this. It was just really modeling it before me, bringing me into her home, bringing me into her family to really just um, be present in my life. And so I would say I definitely learned a lot from her. Can you remember any experiences or any encounters that influenced you uh, to become what you've become? Well, when my kids were toddlers, um, of course, this was so new to me, and we didn't have the internet, of course, we had bookstores uh, to read books, but a big influence on uh, child, basically toddlers, infants, all of that, and how to raise a child uh, was Dr. Dobson, James Dobson. He had a, um, he had a daily um, radio show that was called Focus on the Family, and I was so faithful at listening to that. Uh, nothing was going to stop me from listening to what Dr. Dobson had to say that day. So I really felt like I gained a lot of um, good tools and understanding on um, just even at, at each point in a child's life, how to even approach that, how to deal with it, even just teaching me how a child responds to things or even what they're capable of responding to. So that kind of helped me early on and influenced me big time. Right. Yes, I remember many times at dinner, that's what we heard while you were preparing dinner, I was yep. barbecuing. Yep. Um, I've watched your life transformed over the years. I know the answer to this question, but I'm gonna ask it. Uh, what things or what disciplines have you embraced that, that have helped you and have transformed your life as a, as a woman, as a wife, and as a mom? Um, Hands down, it's really the Word of God has transformed me. And I couldn't tell you how long ago. When Early on, when my kids were little, I, I was in survival mode. I will admit that. And uh, I will say that, you know what? Um, while I loved the Lord, I was a Christian, we went to church, we prayed to get, you know, we prayed every day. Um, I, I just wasn't in the Word of God because there were... You know, let's just face it, um, you can't even get alone time to go to the bathroom when you have little ones at home, right? Thank you. And <laughs> I, was, um, I was working full time. I've worked full time since we got married, so outside the home. So um, there just were hours in the day that, there just weren't hours in the day to really have that alone time and set that time aside for God. And honestly, I'll tell you, I thought you had to either have an hour or you had nothing. So um, apparently that was a little legalistic on my part, but um, that was kind of what I thought. And uh, so as I, as I um, got older and had more time, um, I made time is what I did. And that was transformative because it really, God, um, I gained wisdom through that. I gained insight, I prayed uh, for knowledge and understanding as I read the word of God, I got myself um, into doing Bible study so I could really understand the Old Testament, the New Testament, how it relates, you know, what it even means. Um, there's a lot of stuff in there, but how does it even, uh, how do things correspond with each other and what does that mean? So that was very helpful. Um, so that's my, 
that's my transformation. Um, I really got um, some good girlfriends too, really good Christian girlfriends who were raising kids mm -hmm. at the same time, who um, you know had some great influence on me and just talking it out with girlfriends on how we deal with things and um, just gaining some insight there was very, very helpful. One of the things that we both learned from, from Lady was that really the, the wife and the mom can set the tone of the home, the atmosphere. Uh, when we think of Pastor and Lady Thomas, what do we think of? Her laughter. Yeah. It's what that home is, is remembered for. It's what we uh, long for. So you, you established the tone of our home. And what tone did you try to set? And what did you do? Because you have to live with me. And you, you don't understand. You get the Sunday version, but she gets the Monday sometimes. Every Monday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what have I done? Um, well, I'll tell you what my name means. My Jill means youthful. And um, I think I do have kind of that... Um, that youthful side, but if I put it in a nutshell, I would say lighthearted um, and joyful. Mm -hmm. So I will say the tone of our home has been that of laughter, of joy. Um, you know what, when our kids were growing up, um, if we could make something fun, that was what I would do. I was very intentional with that just because that's who I am at the core anyway. So it came very easy for me to do that. And I can remember the surprise of our future son-in-laws the first time they said it. <laughs> they said at our dinner table. They weren't used to that kind of thing, uh, particularly Jared. But anyway, um, you mentioned earlier that ever since we've been married, you have worked at least two jobs. Uh, one as a wife and as a mom. Also a full-time career and profession that has grown into something. And so you've worked in the marketplace. So I have a couple of questions about that. What are, what are some of the challenges of that? And then how did you find a way to balance your work with, with being a parent? So the challenge is balance. Um, I think it has been pretty natural for me to um, draw a line between work and home and not ever allow myself to get to the point of being a workaholic. Um, I would go in, I would work, um, now, early on, when I was still, um, when I was going to college, and our, our children were toddlers, and we were doing church work, that was a little insane, and I'll just say I do not recommend that to anybody. But um, outside of that, I would say that um, I really did try to find a place of balance, and um, I just thank the Lord because my energy level has always been pretty high, so I was able to um, kind of balance home life. We had a lot of things when our kids were younger um, in the church we attended. Uh, midweek services, we'd have Sunday morning, Sunday night. We taught classes as well as being involved in other activities in the church. So our lives were pretty chaotic back then and we called our kids the permanent press children where we, you know, <laughs> you, you get them, you drive through the drive through to get, um, you know, whatever food they were going to have for dinner, push it down there, you know, to make sure they get food and then get to church so um, it was challenging yeah. but um, but I think it was it's just a matter of hey this is what we have to do next and then we did that next so I don't think there was any great grand plan to mm -hmm. on what to do it was just dealing yeah. with the day in the moment
I think I was at a place in my career um, once our girls got into high school um, and they were so involved. I got, I actually was in a place where I could have continued climbing the career ladder or I could stay where I was and I chose um, that path because it made it easier for me to get to things and events that were happening throughout the week. Um, yeah, going to Florida with our girls every year for their activities, that was a once a year thing, but it was mainly the things that were happening after school, after work, driving to different sporting events on a continuous basis, um, getting my, you know, I didn't put my own career in front of my family, I think is, is probably the big thing. And so I was at a place where I was able to do it. Um, I worked for a boss who was very supportive of those kind of things. So that's um, really how I was able to manage that. Uh, you told me that uh, one of the things you'd vowed is you'd never married a pastor. And with that, there's been challenges in serving in that role as a, as a minister, a minister's wife. And it, it has a whole series of things. How, how did you address those challenges? Um, well, early on, because I was so, I'll, I'll call it green, you know, really I had no understanding of what it took to be a pastor's wife and um, it probably was pretty awkward in that, but, um, our pastor's wife really gave me some really good advice and I have followed that. And that advice was, first of all, if you dress too nice, then you're being, you know, you're being frivolous with your money. People will judge you. If you, you know, don't, if you dress down, people think that, you know, what's wrong with you? You have a, you know, a different type of mentality and you should be looking better and blah, blah, blah. So um, your, even the, your actions, Basically, she told me, people are going, going to criticize you no matter what. So what you have to do is be yourself, be genuine, and let people just see you for who you are and, and appreciate you. And don't try to be something that you're not. So that, I think, is probably the best advice. What did you do to ensure that our girls had a positive view about God and about church and about their involvement in it? Um, I think first off, um, we weren't something different on Sundays than we were at home. Um, you know, but that's not to say that we didn't have struggles and that we weren't real before our kids. Um, I think the biggest thing that our kids saw in us is when we made mistakes, we owned it with our children and we told them that, listen, we made a wrong choice here and we would ask them for their forgiveness and tell them when we were sorry so we were out there with that um we didn't um we didn't talk negatively about our church about our pastor you know and then try to tell our kids but god's great you know we we lived that out and we were very careful um to be um you know to have love and respect um but that came from our hearts. It wasn't just something that was put on in front of the kids. It was real. So I think that we just had to be real with what that was about in front of our kids. And um, I, actually, our kids loved going to church. It was something that they found life in. They had friends that they had there. So we never made it a point of punishment either with our children. For example, if they did something wrong, let's, and this would be like in their teenage years when they have youth, 
events to go to, that would never be a punishment of, oh, you don't get to go to youth group because you've done something wrong. We found something else um, to be a punishment. So the things of God were always a priority in our life. Uh, we've, we've all had the challenges of comparison and unrealistic expectations. And while we've touched on that a little bit, uh, we know that churches are really good at putting extreme expectations on their their pastors their pastor's spouse their pastor's kids how did you overcome those expectations <laughs> probably because i'm a bit independent <laughs> <laughs> and um i i did what brought me joy and, and i'm not saying it was all about me i would um I would do the things in the church and I would do the extra things where my passions were, is what I guess I would say. So music was always a passion, so I loved to sing. I loved to be in musicals and in dramas and act. Um, so that's the thing, those are the things I chose to be involved in. There were other things that were going on, um, but I didn't want to kill myself to you know, try to do everything. So um, when it came to things, within the church, and then Mark and I would teach classes on Sundays, and um, that was really something that just was, it was easy for me because I didn't have to do a lot of preparation. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, which leads to the next question, what have been some of the greatest challenges in our family, and, and how have you worked to overcome it? I guess maintaining balance, um, something that's very, very important to me is to maintain peace. I am a person of peace, and so I fight for that. Um, that sounds like I, I'm doing the opposite, but what I mean by that is that is something that is a, at the core of who I am. So um, if, if there is not peace in my home, I have to fight for that, and where I go to fight is on my knees. Um, and I may have to confront that as well, you know, if it's something between Mark and me, you know, I'm going to bring it up to say, listen, something's not right here. We got to work through it. And uh, so just working through the struggles, um, you have to communicating with each other to ensure that we're on this, you know, we know on the big picture, we're on the same team and we're, we're sometimes we just get a little bit off kilter. And uh, so we have to address it, bring it to the light. Because when you're keeping it in darkness, what's happening? You got the heart whisperer trying to whisper in your ear of everything that that person's doing wrong. I'm not even sure if I'm answering the question right now, but it's something that is something that keeps me on and kind of on plumb. Every parent has goals and dreams, and I know you had goals and dreams for our girls. The challenge is how do you encourage them to pursue those dreams without pushing them to the point that they're living out one of your own dreams. Right, right. How, did you, how did you balance that? Did you have dreams for them? And, and how did you make sure that they were living their life, not ours? I think um, every parent has dreams for your kids and you know those are great things. Um, I didn't necessarily have specific dreams for them because I didn't know what God had for them. And um, my dream was for them to even do better and and be more of all they could be um, for who they were created to be. So I think when it came to um, just kind of talking with them um, throughout their life on, hey, here's what you're going to, you know, 
here's what we want you to do. One of those things was you know, um, college was part of that plan. We talked early on about that to say, hey, you know, it, you don't finish with high school, you continue to go on. Um, I shared with them how difficult it was for me to do schooling after um, because I didn't go straight into college from high school. I said, don't do it. So I probably wanted it more for that fact um, so they didn't have to go through the struggles that I went through um, education-wise. So I said, hey, while you're under, you know, while we're paying for it, you just get to continue on until you're finished with your college. So that was really what my thing was. Um, my, whole th my whole thing was, listen, um, get married after you finish college, don't do it before. Um, and not that that was even the wisest thing to say to him, but um, that's, where, that's where we were at the time. So um, that was really what it was mainly, was hey, you need to have something that you could fall back on if you ever had a need. So that's really kind of the biggest thing. And then it was more of trying to help guide them on what are your passions? What do you want, what do you love to do? What really floats your boat? And uh, I think both of our girls have been able to find that. Um, and we definitely steered them in those conversations. I don't say we were being manipulative, that's not what I'm talking about, but it was more in line of asking those questions that would trigger some thoughtful um, conversation. Over time, our roles changed. Um, when the girls went to college, they called you every day. Why did they do that? Because they never called me. <laughs> um, there certainly was a closeness um, with our girls. And um, one thing a friend advised me not to do was to call my girls. They went to, both girls went to school 2,000 miles from home. So, of course, there was that tearing away. And... Um, when we left, we were the ones with tears rolling down our cheeks and don't look back, don't look back. But um, so I gave them space and I knew this was um, a new time for them that was going to end up being the best time of their lives um, up to that point anyway. So um, I really just waited for them to call. And honestly, our relationships grew into this it wasn't necessarily that they were calling to ask me for advice. They just wanted to share what their day was about. And it was just, it became from this parent-child relationship to this parent or, or friend, friend. And they would talk about things and they'd say, hey, I don't know how to deal with this. And so we really were just sharing how to work through some things and they'd share their struggles. And it, I don't know, it really, um, it fostered a really, really strong friendship with each of those girls during their college days. Our roles have changed again. Now you're Nani. What are some ways you're investing in their lives that maybe as a mom you didn't or couldn't invest in the lives of our own girls? Well, as I said earlier, uh, when you're in full parent mode, um, I, I view that looking back as we were surviving. Um, I don't know how else to say it, but I think I know at this point in our lives, um, there's wisdom with age. So you really are able to look at what are the really important things? What are the things that I would have instilled in my own children that now I get an opportunity to instill in the next generation? 
So one of those is, is spiritual things. You know, um, it's really cool. I don't sit here with a Bible open every time our grandchildren walk into the room, but I do um, take little opportunities just to um, talk about things. Sometimes we'll read a book and, and it might be, a, um, you know, just a story from the Old Testament, you know, in kind of a comic, you know, kids book. And um, it's really cool because they'll just ask questions. Well, why did they do that? Or why wouldn't they do that? And so it gives me a chance to talk to them and instill just what God is about, who God is, who God sees them as. Um, this was the sweetest thing. We were in a hotel room a few years back at a soccer tournament and our grandson had come into the room. I don't even know how we got on this subject, but I got to lead him in becoming a Christ follower. So it was just the sweetest, most precious moment. Yeah. So um, anyway, I just, I look for those opportunities and uh, just grab them when I can. Support, that's the other yeah. thing. For, my role now is not to parent my grandchildren. That is, um, I'm no longer um, parenting of my children and I don't parent my grandchildren either. So my job now is really to be a support to them, to love on them, to um, to really give them that whatever that is that puts inside of a person confidence, um, self worth, um, those kind of things. I am really um, in kind of that support role to what their parents are already doing. So as we close, I'm going to ask one question in three parts. Do you have one piece of advice? To, the, to a mom, a younger mom, or a mom with young kids? Mm, one piece of advice. Um, you don't have to spend an hour to get time with the Lord. You know what, if you have five minutes, worship, pray, read one verse that you can just um, think about throughout your day, um, ask God for wisdom. The Bible talks about if you ask it, he'll give it to you. Um, and don't be hard on yourself because that's a really big thing uh, especially for you know perfectionists is we want to be perfect and you know what it's not going to happen so <laughs> let yourself up off the mat and don't be hard on yourself how about something to a mom with a teenager mm -hmm. stay involved in their lives um, that was something that both of us did we stayed very involved and you know what, even if you are not getting along with your teenager, find that one thing that you can do to um, get close. Um, a lot of times they think nag, 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 nag. Why do you just nag me? Well, you know what, find, a, find when they will be vulnerable. I found that with our youngest daughter, um, just being with her at um, before she went to bed, she would be vulnerable and we would just talk we'd have our chats we had we actually had a signal that um if she just wasn't feeling it she just raised her little pinky to me and said and that was my sign to say all right i don't push right now and uh, that that was give me space mom and i would do it and i wouldn't push on it so anyway it gave us a really good mutual respect for each other with that the last one is uh, to a mom with an adult child. I will say number one is do not offer unsolicited advice. Number one, 
they are adults and think back to when you were their age, uh, maybe newly married, maybe trying to do the adult thing. <laughs> and did you really want your parents' advice when you didn't ask for it? So I try to remind myself of that. Um, they're trying to find their way and they will. So let them ask you and um, be there as a support to them as well. Um, love on them, be a friend. Um, don't try to tell them what to do because that's not your role any longer. Um, you know, a lot of times people think, no, it's my role to still correct them and parent them. No, it's not. That, that's not what God says. So, um, so give them a chance. Give them a chance. Love on them. Love conquers a whole lot of things. And uh, be kind. Be kind. So as parents, we are the image bearer of God to our kids. Uh, we all get that God is our Father, and so a, if a person has a good Father, they have a good view of God the Father. If a person has a bad Father, they think, you know, he's just angry, he's mean all the time. And, and women sometimes will ask me, well, where do we fit in all this? Well, the Holy Spirit brings all the feminine traits of God. It, God's not just masculine. He's everything. And it's taken two of us to reflect His image. And if you think... If you, if you wonder who your best role model is, just look at who the Holy Spirit is. He's the comforter, the consoler, the one that's called alongside to help. He's the support. He's the encourager. He's that quiet whisper. All of those kinds of things. We hope this has been a benefit to you today. Or I'll be back in just a minute to close our time with a word of prayer. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll see you in just a bit. Anyone who knows my mom knows that she is fun and loving and the life of a party. Um, and she's always been that way. I remember growing up, she juggled a lot. Um, and looking back on it now, frankly, I don't know how she did it because she was working full time. There were years where she was going to school either on her lunch break or at night to be able to improve her skills and be able to get promotions at work that benefited our family. In addition, she was always supporting my dad in terms of church activities. She was involved in choir and worship team and they taught Sunday school together. And so there was always something. And frankly, I don't know how she did it. But I also remember in later years when my sister and I were middle and high school, just the support that she showed us coming to our sporting events. We were cheerleaders, coming to our competitions, driving to towns that nobody's heard of in California to be there to watch us. And it was just comforting to know that she was there. A few things that I remember about my parents, but mom in particular, um, there was a time where I remember they had taken us to a grocery store and they told us to pick out anything we wanted. And that's every child's dream to walk through the store and get to pick out all of their favorite things. So I'm pretty sure we loaded up on all the sugar cereals and ice cream and fun things. And after we left, they said, okay, great, we're gonna go take this to a family in need. And, and, and mom has reminded me over the years that it was for a family where the husband had lost their job. And so we took those groceries over to the family. And what a lesson that was in learning to give and just bringing us alongside to witness something like that. And later they let us go back to the store and pick out things that we loved. and. And showing us that, you know, giving does result in good blessings for you too. But I'll always remember the, the memory of giving out of that. I also remember just mom and dad brought us along their journey. 
They were parents who gave us plenty of attention and did plenty of things for us, but they brought us into their world. So if they were having an event with people from their Sunday school class on a Saturday night, they would bring all the kids together and we all were in another room playing, but we were just part of their lives. And it didn't, it wasn't always about us, but sometimes I think that was the best example because we got to see our parents in action. And it wasn't always just the things that they taught us directly, but the things we observed them doing, serving other people, building community, and how important that was for them. I, I know very well that my parents' marriage was number one priority. And they joked with us about, you know, I'm gonna have to be married to each other much longer than you girls will be around in the house. And, you know, as an adult, I look back and especially think, wow, my parents put their marriage first and it actually gave me a very stable childhood. So those are just a few memories I have. I think my mom has given so much and sacrificed so many things for us and I'm so grateful. So to you mom and all the other mothers out there, happy Mother's Day. Father, we thank you for moms. Thank you for the fact that you created them to be image bearers in our life. We thank you that you have blessed our lives with our moms. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you'll bless moms today. May this be a great day. We pray that they've been encouraged and inspired. Lord, I pray for our church family. I ask your blessing and grace be upon them, that you watch over them, keep them safe, pray that you'll encourage them by your spirit. We'll thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. Before I go, let me remind you of a couple things. If you have a prayer request, you need our assistance in any way, just feel free to contact us. Email us at info at therivers.org. Uh, look for our uh, email communications on Monday, Wednesday, and usually Friday. Uh, we want to encourage you with uh, a word, a devotional challenge, a word of worship or song of worship on Wednesday, and then a reminder on Friday or Saturday with an outline. You'll hear me say this phrase every week. We give as God has blessed and prospered us. It's not dues that we pay. It's we give back to God the first fruits and he will bless the rest. I assure you of that. It's something that Jill and I have known to be true. It has proven true. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You can go online at therivers.org to do that. As we close, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and give you peace. We love you. Looking forward to seeing you again soon. Have a great, great week.